Welcome back to the Change Healthcare Podcast. I'm Zayan Kadri, and I'm a product manager with the Connected Consumer Health team. Today, we'll be talking about digital transformation in a COVID world with Natalie Lawrence, our guest. Natalie, before we get started, can you please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what your role is? Yeah, absolutely. So, hello, everyone. I'm Natalie Lawrence. I'm the Director of Business Development for Change Healthcare's Connected Consumer Health Suite of Products. Um, my background in healthcare started with uh, selling EMRs to health systems during a time where meaningful use was having a, a huge impact from a regulatory perspective. Um, from there, I transitioned into a startup uh, where I was focused on uh, selling APIs uh, into healthcare uh, organizations and then most recently moved to change healthcare uh, with a focus on patient uh, tech, patient engagement technology and, uh, and innovation in the consumerism space. So our team that Zayon and I are both on uh, are very focused on delivering uh, solutions to organizations throughout the nation um, who are looking to make a transformation into uh, digital technology, uh, digital patient experiences, as well as uh, preparing for consumerization in healthcare. And so everything that we uh, deploy and design is very focused with uh, patients being our end users of our products. Uh, but aligning with the expectations that a patient has from organizations uh, that we would then sell those technologies into. Great. Thanks, Natalie. Let's get started today. So we've been talking for years about creating better consumer experiences for healthcare. But I'm curious, how has the COVID crisis changed those expectations? Has it made some things more urgent? Absolutely. Um, it has uh, transformed, I think, the future of health of healthcare forever. Um, for years, telehealth companies have been uh, touting their technology, and for many reasons, um, it just never was able to take off. Some of those reasons were due to uh, the way that uh, provider organizations were reimbursed for that type of care. And so I think in a COVID world, we saw the adoption of digital technology in a way that has springboarded us and some, you know, uh, some organizations and, and articles will state by five to 15 years into the future. And so not only from a adoption perspective, from a provider um, experience of so providers quickly uh, deployed uh, telehealth solutions, but patients quickly adopted those. And I think that from an industry perspective, we've all been shocked uh, by how quickly that transformation happened. And I think a lot of our healthcare partners that we've really been working with over the last several years to educate about the importance of, of digital transformation and patient experience technologies, I think that that our that these organizations have been extremely surprised by how quickly their patients also adopted those tools as well. Um, and so I think from the organizations that we've spoken to, that adoption is not driven by a certain age or gender or uh, area of the, of the country. It's really sort of been a nationwide adoption at all levels. And so from a change healthcare perspective, I think where we've seen the greatest uh, impact of COVID and and uh, adoption of technology is really uh, in touchless experiences. And so as organizations really started to look at social distancing, uh, that has major impacts on 
the workflows that organizations have and in, in working with patients upon arrival. Um, so not only really getting a lot of interest and requests on how we can support touchless experiences, but also uh, patients are asking for tools to be much more self-serve, where they can go and get access to information uh, themselves, much like we've all come to do in every other aspect of our lives as consumers. And I think COVID not only improved the uh, digital transformation for healthcare, but also a lot of other industries as well. We now order our groceries online. We drive up to that grocery store, we pop our trunks, and they put the groceries in our trunk and we drive off. And so not only have we adopted it in other areas, but healthcare now has a huge opportunity to catch up and leverage this major shift into consumerization that we're seeing uh, across all industries as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, one thing you hit on, which is an inevitable topic when we're talking about healthcare and COVID, is telehealth and how quickly the adoption of telehealth has taken off. And when you think about what telehealth is, you we think about all the building blocks of telehealth that we've had all along. We think of video-enabled communication. We think about email, text, uh, you know, a, a safe way to communicate with patients. Those things have been around for a long time, but when you tie those things together, you add layers of security that are appropriate for virtual care, you really start to see the value that telehealth can add. And I was reading some articles the other, you know, the other day, and I was looking at um, the, the volume that patients have adopted telehealth. And when you look at providers seeing uh, somewhere to somewhere like something like the adoption that patients have, uh, you know, taken with telehealth is so fascinating. You look at providers having to provide 50 to 175 times, uh, times the amount of appointments that they would um, go through normally. It's just it's amazing. And you see what potential that telehealth has created in the virtual care space. Um, you know, COVID was really an unfortunate catalyst in this space, but it has really taken us to a place that we were forced to come to. And I think, you know, after this, we're going to see the value of the remnants of, you know, the what we're seeing in COVID. We're going to see the value actualize a couple months from now. You know, hopefully when COVID is over, we get to see those things still sticking around and we will have a new status quo and a new threshold to build off of. And I think it's really exciting to think about that. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, one thing I would just add to that is, you know, I've had uh, conversations with organizations as well as personal conversations and uh, patients are, are impressed with telehealth. And so they're actually looking at you know, as we're coming up for, uh, you know, the time of year where we choose our benefits for the upcoming year, they're taking that into consideration and which plans maybe cover uh, telehealth benefits and, and driving, you know, their payer uh, decisions from that as well. Um, also, a, a couple of other things is the transformation and, and the growth of the telehealth industry. Uh, is one that we also need to keep an eye on that we don't create another silo for ourselves. And so I think that's one thing in healthcare, as we've brought technology into the, uh, into the market, it, it's created a lot of, of unexpected silos. And so when we think about EMRs and the, uh, the initiatives to try to get interoperability in place across organizations, it's that transition from a digital type of patient experience back into your brick and mortar uh, organization as well is one that that really needs to we need organizations to be 
thinking about, and I think that's where our team uh, is also well positioned in, in trying to help organizations think about how do you take that patient from a digital environment and make sure that they get back into the four walls of your organization when the time is right. Um, and, and providing them with a still digital type of uh, journey management to support those various needs. Absolutely. So Natalie, you touched on touchless, you touched on touchless experiences and, you know, talking about empowering patients and self-service. Uh, we look at industries like the retail industry, hospitality, music, entertainment. All of these industries are so far ahead of the healthcare industry. And when you think about, you mentioned it earlier, going to the grocery store and all of a sudden you have your groceries loaded for you and you can, you know, check in through your phone and make sure everything's there. You can pay pay using your phone for your groceries. And you know, you and I have conversations about touchless experiences in healthcare every day. Um, you know, are there things that stick out to you as far as touchless experiences in the future as a result of COVID? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think the, the easiest first step from a touchless experience is to just go with the initiative of let's get rid of the clipboard. Um, the clipboard <laughs> is where the paper process starts for a patient and all of the downstream um, processes that have to support that, that paper form, um, whether it's, you know, an organization has to have a staff that inputs all of that data or it has to be sent off uh, to get scanned into the patient records. I think when we think of touchless, that's sort of the, the big initiative that's both benefits both the patient as well as the organizational organization from an operational side. Um, beyond that, it's, it's how can you uh, create an interaction with a patient to nurture that patient? And so I think a lot of the data that we have from um, some of the most recent studies we've conducted, patients don't feel that their healthcare organizations, both payer or provider, are over communicating with them. So as an industry, we have a great opportunity to communicate more with our patients. And so by doing that in a thoughtful way and, and meaningful interactions to guide that patient uh, from not only uh, the time of letting them know that care is needed, uh, all the way through the nurturing of by the time they book that appointment to the time they come into your doors. And so when we think of touchless and where our customers are really driving touchless experiences are all of that digital communication, uh, reducing the, the phone calls uh, that organizations are having to place um, as resources are dispersed back into their homes. Um, we've learned a lot about types of communications that organizations don't necessarily feel comfortable with uh, as some of their resources are working from home. And so sure. digitizing the communication as well as uh, allowing uh, a patient to check in online, alerting, you know, organizations that a patient has arrived, but creating communication channels amongst that organization as well as, you know, we need to move that patient into the exam room. So there's a lot of opportunity for a touchless environment, but it really, I think the greatest opportunity is Patients want more interaction. They want to be able to do more on their own. Um, and I think that's a huge opportunity when we look at digital technology. Absolutely. And, you know, that makes me think of the backside of being able to, you know, intake forms digitally, check in digitally of, you know, a staff member needing to track when a patient is checked in, 
How long does it take for them from, to arrive from their home to the emergency department, then be transferred to another department of a hospital? And let's say down the line, if we're talking about post-COVID and, and, you know, let's say as far away from a, another pandemic as we can, but, you know, if that time were to come up, we have this digital transformation that we've experienced that can help inform ways to prevent transmission of disease. And when you think about the data flow of a patient being able, starting from an emergency department, going through a hospital to just to discharge, you're able to see and get data from that visit. And when you take that and amplify it from one patient to many patients, you end up having a lot of rich data that can inform better patient outcomes, better communication to a patient, you know, in meeting a, meeting a patient in a moment that matters. I think it's so important to take the data and do what you can to make the patient experience better overall. And I think we're gonna see that post COVID. And I think as things become more digitized, as we have more data to work with, um, we're gonna see a lot of ways that we can improve the patient experience and the consumer experience as a whole. Yeah, you know, something you just said that is also important is when we're talking to organizations that are moving quickly into digital because of COVID, um, if you think about what could have been if we had the infrastructure in place. And so the day that your state named elective procedures needed to be canceled, being able to immediately um, wrap your arms around your patient community to say, you know, here's what's going on. Here's, you know, how we, our health system is going to manage getting you back in and getting you the care that you need. Um, there's huge opportunity to learn from that. And so when we think about uh, hurricane evacuations or other, you know, sort of unplanned disasters, whether it's, you know, a natural uh, disaster or another pandemic or, or as we go through, you know, a potential spike uh, coming up through the fall season, being able to have that infrastructure and make very quick decisions and updates and be able to push that out your entire patient uh, population in a moment's notice. I think that's huge. Absolutely. So much value there and and setting us up for that. And that's what's happening now where we're getting there. And I think it's exciting when we talk about things that'll stick around. I think that communication flow between patients and a provider system and, and, a, and you know, the providers that are actually caring for these patients, it's going to be super valuable in that sense. Yeah. You know, that brings up another good point. Um, so one of the things uh, we see is the drop in loyalty uh, with providers and patients. And I was talking to an organizational, uh, I think it was a chief revenue officer, and we were talking about some of the technology solutions and ways that we can engage with patients. And he said, you know, it sort of sounds like you're you're the becoming the helicopter parent of uh, healthcare. And I, we all sort of laughed and I was like, well, you know what? Yeah, I would love for somebody to remind me, hey, you haven't made this appointment yet or it's time for, you know, your annual vaccinations or, or things like that. And just to make it easy. I think, you know, in the current world, we move so fast and there's so many notifications and things like that, that the organizations that are able to make it easy for a patient that reminds them proactively of things that are upcoming and and uh, and care that they need, that that's where that loyalty is really going to come from. Um, yeah. And then ultimately, if you can get those 20, 30, 40 year olds, you know, loyal to your organization, 
when they truly need your organization for ongoing care, you're going to be naturally who they choose. So I think that was a, an interesting, um, you know, lesson learned too, as how we, we've seen a big gap in the industry based on consumer behavior, but we really feel like we have a long-term opportunity to, to create some loyalty as well. Sure. I, you know, I love that you brought that up. We talk about the consumer research that we did earlier this year and the amount of quality data that came out of those, you know, roughly 2000 uh, folks that we conducted the research on of thinking about loyalty and thinking about of the purchase funnel of why a consumer should come to a specific solution and why they would stick around. You think about making them aware of that solution, making them familiar with it, having them consider, and then you you pass the point where they're, they've made their decision to stick with a specific piece of technology, they purchase it, and then they end up liking it so much that they stick around. And I think when you when you think of that as a funnel for a customer, for a patient, for a consumer, you think about being obsessed with a human-centric design and human-centric technology, something that has a patient in mind. So when you bring up something like a reminder for an appointment or, or getting a text for a specific procedure or, or a text reminder, or being able to have a receipt on your phone, those are the types of things that we see across other industries that should exist for us in healthcare. And when you think about loyalty, you have to think about all these things of the design of being patient centric. And I think uh, a lot of that research that we did yielded some very shocking numbers and shocking statistics on what our consumers are thinking. And I'd, I'd like to share a couple of those just for the sake of discussion. You know, of the 2000 folks that we surveyed, 67% felt that they uh, felt that the healthcare process was a chore. Something like 59 mm -hmm. felt that uh, they went into an appointment without even knowing that they could afford the care. And when you think about how many people are feeling that way about consumerism and healthcare, it's it's really an issue. And these numbers make you realize how much opportunity there is in front of us to improve what we have. And as we're improving, keeping those patients at the top of our minds in that we are patients too. It's not that, you know, and at some point we are going to go through this process and we're going to reap the benefits of our work. And it's really a cool thing to think about being in healthcare at this time, working on the, the backside of fueling these digital experiences. Um, it's, it's just really, it's powerful to think about how much opportunity there is and how many people you can affect by creating a, a great piece of digital technology. Yeah. No, you brought up a lot of, of good points. And some of the, the things, too, are, you know, health systems have always been a core part of their community. Um, and so they've just sort of taken a more, you know, our doors are open and come to us when, you, when you're ready. Um, but patients are, are leaving their community to go other places. And a lot of, to your point, a lot of the data that we see is, Patients are willing to drive on average 42 miles in order to get access to an imaging procedure that's cheaper. They may pass seven different places that could provide them that imaging procedure, but they're willing to drive, you know, outside of the community for that. And so, especially when we think about preserving the business of a small community hospital, it's about trying to keep that patient at home. It's trying to keep them in the community for that care and not driving further because, 
you know, the, the large urban health system offers the same service. And so I think there's a lot of opportunity, too, as we start to work with organizations, uh, educating them on consumer experiences. It's also looking at their business as a whole and, and creating new processes um, to be more proactive, to go out and find patients, to better understand their patients and and educate their patients on why they should be coming in versus just leaving the doors to be open and waiting for the patients to come right in. And so I think to your point, that digital transformation, that funnel that we're seeing based on, you know, what our consumer data is showing creates an opportunity for organizations to truly transform, not only from an experience perspective, uh, quality perspective, but from a business, a bottom line, you know, if you increase volumes, you're going to increase revenue. And so uh, I think there's a huge opportunity for that as well. Absolutely. You know, so I think outside of the pandemic, um, are there forces or sorry. So the pandemic is a big deal, but what do you think are some other forces that are compelling us to change the consumer experience in healthcare? Regulation is always going to have a huge impact on um, the transformation of healthcare. And so I go back to meaningful use. Um, you know, everything was on paper before that. And so we spent uh, nights implementing uh, computerized physician order entry and teaching providers how to use computers. Um, so that regulation had a huge impact on the adoption of EMRs and the uh, innovation that we have on the, the more of the organizational side of healthcare. Um, when we look at the transformation of telehealth, regulation is really what blew the doors off of that. It was uh, yeah. CMS made a quick change in, you know, telehealth visits would be covered by insurance and reimbursed by providers that that inpatient or in that office uh, visit reimbursement model. And so regulation is always going to be the driver to drive adoption outside of just innovation and those organizations that I typically uh, call bleeding edge. There are always going to be these organizations that are developing and driving the industry, but the true adoption truly happens when you have a regulation. And so I think the next big shift we're going to see is in regards to the consumerism curve. And so price yeah. transparency regulation, that surprise billing regulation are going to be the next two shifts that I, I see uh, sort of being a huge opportunity in healthcare. Absolutely. And I would say the same. I think, Natalie, I don't have to tell you that we live in CMS uh, regulation documentation quite often. And it's interesting to see how these pushes, whether it's regulation, whether it's a pandemic, um, they, they bring us to new heights in the healthcare industry. And we think about a regulation that might be daunting to providers, but then we think on the other end, how much value it provides to consumers and to patients. Now, although it may be difficult to be a price transparent uh, hospital or health system, you know, there's a lot of market intelligent, intelligence that comes out of being price transparent. Um, and I think back mm -hmm. to the first steps of price transparency, again, analogously in other industries, and when commercials were around for uh, price check, oh, you know, this retailer would price check this, and, <laughs> and that, you know, you're not being, um, you know, charged way too much for a specific product. 
But that was the start of price transparency as we knew it in, in another space. And we think about as providers and as payers are becoming more transparent, you really are empowering patients to understand whether they are being price gouged or whether they can mm -hmm. expect to pay a specific amount for a procedure. And as we're getting closer to that transparency and as patients are becoming more empowered, you create a, an ecosystem that creates better care. You think about better patient outcomes. You think about the move toward high deductible health plans and value-based care. And it's all sort of this shift of many different pieces that puts a lot of different fragments together that unfortunately the healthcare industry needs needs that, needs the push from regulatory, from uh, you know provider space, from payers and from patients to be able to adopt and adapt to what's going on there. So when you talk about price transparency and, and back to that price match example, I think it's it's going to be cool to see a, a patient and a consumer have that knowledge to go to a provider and have some certainty, have a sense of, I know what I'm doing here in response to our consumers that are feeling a little lost in that process. Yeah, no, I think I'm, I'm very excited about price transparency and it's concerning for a lot of organizations. And so I hate to sound so excited and know that so many of our uh, provider organizations are, are so stressed out by this regulation. But I think the organizations that can really roll up their sleeves and just accept the regulation for what it is, um, those are going to be the organizations that are truly going to come out of this on the other side. And so um, a lot of the conversations that we have with organizations is, you know, understand your consumer use this as, a, as an opportunity for your patients to tell you what they're looking for and adjust to that so i think if i could give any uh advice and say on you have tons of this as well uh but my my biggest advice would be don't just build and deploy for january 1st it's right. take every moment after you know starting january 1st and and take as much data and feedback as you can get not only from your patients, learn your competitors, learn where you compete and adjust for that. And so I think there's huge opportunity uh, for organizations that that do take that January 1st, uh, you know, approach of we're going to take the market feedback and we're going to adjust. I think there's huge opportunity uh, for organizations to really differentiate themselves uh, in their community, in their regions, but also with their patients as well. Absolutely. And you bring up a great point of being you and I in the same business, Connected Consumer Health, and having those conversations and the opportunity to plant those seeds of where you can go as an organization if you take those right steps now. If you use yeah. the price transparency as your cat the price transparency regulation as your catalyst to getting things set up and getting some foundational um, elements of price transparency in place now you'll see you know, the payoff way down the line. And what I mean by that is when you think about collections and when you think about a patient having to uh, you know, go to a visit and a provider having to collect on that specific procedure, specific visit, um, that connection isn't there. And there's oftentimes, you know, there's data to show that providers sometimes send two to three you know, notices in the mail for a bill. And after that, it goes to collections. 
And that is revenue that, that a provider is missing out on. And the reason for that is because there's the patient is not at the forefront of the thought there. There it's a it's a fragmented system. And if you're, you know, go paperless. If there's a way that you can digitize as much as you can to reach your consumer to meet your bottom line as a provider, uh, do it and start now. There's no reason to hold off because you want to satisfy uh, price transparency regulation and sort of thinking short-sightedly, I think. And of course, some bias there since this is stuff we work on every day, but it's it's so interesting to hear the differing perspectives of you know the health systems out there. Yeah. No, you bring up a ton of, of good uh, points. I think from a, you brought up a point earlier and I'm, I may get the uh, percentage wrong, but the, the high percentage of patients that say that finding a doctor is like finding a needle in a haystack, right? Yeah. Um, it's, it's how do I get information when I'm looking for care? And so when you think about price transparency regulation, it's I'm truly shopping for a provider when I go to Google and say, PCP or internist or, you know, how do I find a doctor? And so a lot of patients go to Google. And so marketing departments and resources are going to become uh, more and more important uh, in a consumerization type of world, uh, making sure that you're meeting that patient on Google and then being able to provide them with the information that they need in order to choose your website link over someone else's. And so um, there's just a huge, uh, there's a huge opportunity from a, from a transparent, looking at transparency as a true, uh, shift in the industry, I think is, is a great opportunity for organizations to really recreate their business and, and have a great opportunity to, to, to really meet their patients where, where they're looking to be met, uh, when they're truly shopping for, sure. uh, that provider of care. Sure. Yeah, you bring up the term shopping, which again, you and I talk about quite often. Um, <laughs> it's it's fascinating to see how much is ahead in healthcare as well, because again, I, I love to analogously bring up other industries because of how far ahead they are. But if you think about the retail experience that we have when it comes to shopping, there's so much to learn and there is so much to build upon. So when we think about shopability in healthcare and we think about meeting a patient in that moment of when they're looking for care, there's just, you know, an amazing amount of opportunity there for us to be able to think about the patient and to create an experience that captures what they're looking for. And, you know, as we think about all of the things that it takes for a patient to find care, you can bake those into a digital solution that can provide for that, provide for a patient in that way. Um, I just think it's fascinating how much opportunity there is ahead of us. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of organizations are worried. Uh, so if they're the low price leader um, and, and, you know, you've also got the high price leader as well. And so sure. it's really about making it easy. And so if you, uh, what, the thing I always challenge people to do is, you know, when you shop on Amazon, you don't always go with the cheapest alternative. It may be that you need it there in two days and you don't want to pay shipping. Um, sure. So for a high price, you know, leader, it's creating that true digital experience, giving that patient as much information as they can to just make it so easy that why would I go somewhere else? And then for the low cost provider, being able to capitalize on that differentiator and, and being able to advertise and touch those patients 
that need those sort of low cost, uh, you know, shoppable procedures and keeping them in the community. And so um, those have been sort of interesting business discussions that we've all been having uh, right. with various organizations as, as transparency, you can't, you can't get out from under it. It's, it's coming, but it's all about how do you, how do you make it work for, for, uh, for your organization? Yeah, absolutely. Any questions for me today, Natalie? Yeah, I wanted to just sort of get your thought on um, when we think about transparency and the uh, the shift to consumerization. Sure. What are your thoughts on like an emerging trend of a, a storefront, um, and what does that mean for an organization? And then also, as organizations are preparing for this, what kind of recommendations would you make to them? Uh, in in how they should start to prepare for that storefront type of experience. I think on the topic of a storefront, it's interesting because you see providers across the board having different needs, and you see them at different points of digital transformation and technological advancement. And as you're seeing providers at different phases of that life cycle, you can meet them at different areas where they have needs. And as Change Healthcare, from the Change Healthcare perspective, we have a lot to offer when it comes to a digital storefront. So if a hospital, let's say specific states that have already been in the price transparency space for a while, if they have a digital system set up, but they're looking for email communication that is a little bit more refined and a little bit more uh, you know, technologically advanced, then you can have that as an offering for that provider. And if a hospital is well behind, let's say they just came out, just came off of using paper and they're they're onboarding, which is a reality, and they are getting on to, you know, having their data all digitized, you can meet them with a full-on shopping experience. And what that means is they're able to shop, book, and pay for care. They're able to, you know, transact digitally. They're able to get notifications at different moments. Um, so when you think about the storefront, it's it's so interesting to see that providers are at different points of that life cycle of, of digital transformation. And you know, can can folks pay using a credit card? Can they have prices available on a specific site? Do their providers have ratings? Um, all of these things that are taken into consideration when it comes to a storefront and packaging that up into one storefront for a customer can really be powerful. And you know, to your second question about a full-on, you know, end-to-end -end process for shopping, you again have to be patient-obsessed and creating a frictionless experience for a patient. Um, you know, right from the point of driving awareness that a shopping capability exists to being able to book that care, payment, receipt communication, over communication. There's so many different things that fall into that bucket of you know, experience for a patient. I think as we work with providers, you're able to gauge where they're at and advise them in that sense. And I think that's the benefit of the perspective of a healthcare technology company being at the center of the ecosystem of payer, provider, and patient. We have as a company um, and as the healthcare technology space, has a unique perspective into how to affect those changes and recommend those changes to a provider that's seeking digital transformation um, in that regard. Thanks, Zayon. 
Product Manager with Change Healthcare's Connected Consumer Health suite of products, for taking time to chat with, with us today about digital transformation in a COVID world. For our listeners, don't forget to check the show notes for links to resources and contact information related to today's show. For more information on digital transformation in a COVID world, please visit changehealthcare.com. I'm Natalie Lawrence, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. You've been listening to the Change Healthcare Podcast. For more information on this and other healthcare IT topics, please visit changehealthcare.com. Don't forget to check the show notes for useful links to related resources and our contact information. Thanks for listening and have a great day.